All right, what's up, guys? This is Three on One Podcast. I'm Bryce Davis. That's Garrett Campbell. And the quiet one is Clayton McCorder, coming from Roswell, New Mexico, just like the rest of us. Today we're going to be talking about, well, what I would think is probably the best fucking movie ever made. I would hard agree with that. Hard agree. Drive with Ryan Gosling. Usually not the sexiest man, but the just big, stinking ball of sex in this movie. Smells like ball sweat, but like really horny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, ooh, just like the love of your life. You're in, on your honeymoon because you don't have sex before you're married. Kind of, ooh, sexy ball sweat, dude. Been in a fucking wedding tuxedo all goddamn day, bro. Sex. Pull that shit down. It stink. But it's good. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think uh, Gosling in this movie had Bush? Ooh, I would say he's got a good, a good uh, triangle sm- shape, maybe. <laughs> triangle shape, small to moderate Bush at most. I you got a buzz cut Bush. That's see, that's what I'm thinking. Too. See, he was very clean cut, so you would think that if he didn't have Bush, he had a real good trim, like maybe landing strip or maybe just a good dangerous V, brother. <laughs> Cause you know he's got that, you know he's got that fucking, that fit V that you get in your groinal region, and it's just covered in hair, dude. Governing blonde, just goodness. How about that? Okay, so to get onto the point of this fucking podcast, I'm just gonna warn you right now that this is just gonna be just dank, just sprinkled with fucking spoilers. I mean, this movie's it's- been out for. Six fucking years. If you haven't seen it, you're a fucking idiot. This is the best movie ever fucking made. I did not see it until tonight. Yes, let let us let it be known that this is me and Garrett. I mean, no, fuck. <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Maybe too much Crown Royal, but this is me and Clay's just about favorite fucking movie. I know it's my favorite fucking movie. I top five for me. Top five at least for Clay. Garrett hasn't even seen the fucking movie because he's a fucking idiot and likes things like 2001. What the fuck? I love 2001. He's wrong. Don't worry. Sorry, I don't have 45 minutes to stare at monkeys fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, my favorite movie is Doctor Strangelove, motherfucker. Go home. Really inconvenient. You have to leave your recording (laughs) set up. (laughs) Okay, so let's just go right on in. This will be really cool because I know how much I love this scene. Kind of want to hear how much how you feel about it, Gare. So, the mm-hmm. very awesome, just right off the bat start of this movie. Oh, that was crazy. With that that perfect, if, I don't know if you ever noticed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, well, you wouldn't notice because you haven't fucking seen it before. But if you set your own clock to five minutes, as soon as he does, it is exactly five minutes. That scene is, from uh, then on, is exactly five minutes. Even the announcers say that it's six minutes until the bell during oh, okay. the game that's going but it actually is exactly five minutes to when he steps out of the car. Damn. That's impressive. It's fucking awesome. That scene is... I literally get shocked by it every fucking time. That scene that scene was incredible. In case you didn't know, start. He has. it starts off with him... He's a getaway driver. He's doing his getaway driver fucking thing. Don't really want to spoil it that intensely because it's so fucking cool, but... The first it's been scene out is six years, we don't want to spoil this, so sorry. <laughs> the first scene is just so well-timed. He uses a Knicks game as a getaway. It's so it's not fucking awesome. Clippers in the Toronto Raptors. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't fucking... I'm talking about an artsy movie on a <laughs> podcast. I probably don't watch fucking sports, ding-dong. 
What, you don't like the Clippers? I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what city that is, and I've seen this movie 500 times. L.A. Come on. I knew that. I even said that this was set in L.A. earlier. It's I maybe like I'm a like the Clippers. nerd. Because something. my younger brother hates them. <laughs> that is the only reason why I, even, why I even know they exist. Wow, dude, you're super edgy, breaking the mold. Good job. <laughs> okay, but so, I really like how the first scene really sets the pace because he doesn't say a fucking word after the phone call. You get that entire scene of him just badass doing his job, avoiding all the cops and shit. Not a word. Fucking nothing. I actually, however, just point this out, guys. I noticed something in that scene specifically that might be the only flaw I noticed. He takes a delicate amount of time to wrap the um, watch around the steering wheel so he can see it the whole time. And it does not show him take it off. And it would, because he gets out in one second, just gets up, gets out of the car. You don't even see him pull out the keys. Yeah. You definitely don't see him take the watch off of the steering wheel, which would take about about three seconds. Just like he's got different watches, bro. But he has the same perfect watch. So unless he has a box just of that (laughs) exact make and model of (laughs) fucking Rolex. Why not? He, not to be disrespectful, but he does seem kind of autistic. Okay. That wouldn't okay. surprise me. Okay, that that the the way that he is portrayed will definitely come in a little while. That is definitely a big fucking part of the movie for sure. But okay, so then um all right, so what I feel is probably one of the more key components of such an awesome movie and what makes this movie really stand out a lot like a um Kind of like the opposite of uh, No Country for Old Men yep. is how driven this movie is by the music that's playing. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because there's, he says the soundtrack, he yeah. says so little. I bet you could take all of the quotes he has in the entire movie, and it would just be one small paragraph. Like, oh yeah, he talks very, very lightly, and it's more of you understanding the tone of the music than really understanding anything that's really said. Or anything. Oh my gosh. Just, I don't even want to get all fucking emotional about such a fucking badass movie. <laughs> but the, what I think, even regard in regards to all the fucking carnage that comes towards the end of this movie, I really like the, probably what I would say is the standout scene of the entire movie is when he first links up with Irene and the child. Benito. Benicio, Benicio, Benicio yeah. yeah, and they're uh, they're driving down like the waterway. Yeah, like like through the arroyo. In the arroyo, that's the word. Yeah, they're driving on the arroyo, and it's just so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. The oh my god, the lighting's incredible. The, the lighting in the whole movie is fucking ten out of ten. There's song, not a scene in this movie um, where the lighting's bad. Uh, it was I should so good. I should fucking know what song it is, but the, night call by uh, night call is the intro. Yeah, yeah, night call's the awesome fucking turnover almost song that starts the movie but the real human being i can't remember who it's by but that that song playing while they're driving down the arroyo that shit just gets you and then it shows the kids skipping the rocks oh man that shit just oh makes you think oh maybe this movie's gonna have a nice ending oh good oh man (laughs) we will get to fucking that so i guess when talking about the complete lack of dialogue we should switch to talking about what dialogue we do get, yeah. where in which you get 
all exposition and all stories told about our driver, our main guy, Ryan Gosling, specifically from not him. You don't get anything from him at all. Yeah, zero you just exposition get from him. Hints period. from Brian Cranston's carrier, I mean, character, his, uh, well, his carrier, his fucking yeah. agent, for lack of a better word. Shannon. For both his nefarious deeds and his stunt driving that he does as a fucking cover. But so, one of my favorite quotes, I don't know if either of you notice how fucking awesome the quote is, but when Shannon's trying to get the race car deal with him, mm. with uh, fucking Brian Cranston's character is trying to convince... Michael Shannon's character. Michael Shannon, or I don't even fucking know who he is. I might have told you the wrong name. I don't know. <laughs> but the good guy Tell is the trying guy. to convince the bad guy yes. to fund race car driving yes. by them with the driver, obviously, Ryan Gosling being the driver. And What do you think the driver's name is? I'm going to go out and let him say Jeff with a G. Oh. No. <laughs> no, he's going to have a way more badass name. His name's Ryan, dude. Ryan fucking Gosling. Dude, you're not going to change his name if you're not going to give him a name. I think his name's Ryan, too, but not Ryan Gosling. I think it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan with an I-A? <laughs> oh, you think his character's I name, think his is, character's Ryan name Reynolds? is Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Gosling is playing a character named Ryan Reynolds, you yes. dumb Ryan motherfucker. Ryan Gosling is a thousand times better than Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, fuck off, Deadpool. You oh, suck. yeah. Yeah. 100%. In comparison to a movie like this, Deadpool can't even lick the fucking they're sweat on, off of his race car driving balls. They're on <laughs> two different planes. Yes. Oh, yell. <laughs> I most certainly believe they are on two different planes, and the plane that Ryan Gosling on is a million times higher than fucking Ryan Reynolds' stupid-ass fucking snarky plane. Fuck you. You can't Ryan Reynolds has to drive his whole thing off a stupid middle fucking school dialogue. I just want to say Whereas you have Ryan, Ryan Gosling not even saying a fucking more than a word in every Ryan scene. Ryan Gosling hitting the Twin Towers, Ryan Reynolds crashing in a Pennsylvania field. They <laughs> 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 Holy shit. I think Ryan he, Reynolds I think wants to get there, but he doesn't. Field. <laughs> crash. Burn. Over. What it's, my, it's what okay. my good friend Clay McCorder... It's okay for Clay to say that. He was born on 9-11. This is true. What my good friend Clay McCorder is trying to say <laughs> is that Ryan Gosling is a fucking home run and Ryan Reynolds is a big, stupid, middle school swing and a miss. He gets a double at most. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, home run. <laughs> home run. Almost a grand slam. At least gets two guys in. First. First. I think they're both hot. And I think that they both can coexist and that they both can have good movies. No, Fuck because me. Ryan Reynolds could maybe, like, sneakily get some fucking slice of Bryce. But Ryan fucking Gosling could just walk into any building ever and be like, Bryce, where's your fucking butthole at? And I'd be like, my butthole <laughs> is right up on right a platter. Here. The whole pie is right here. Whole pie. You can, you can take fucking bites out of my thighs, dude. I don't give a shit. Rock and roll. Clay almost fell out of his seat. Yes, let, let it be known that me and Clay are plentiful drunk, 100%. <laughs> I am a bottle of water and three-quarters of a Red Bull in. Yeah, yeah. Being a, what, what, wait, let me um, look this up real quick. What the kids would call a stupid pussy. That, <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. I'm only 20. <laughs> but no, to, to get back on what I was going to talk about is the actual dialogue. Probably the one of the best, if not the best, quote 
is when the good guy is meeting the bad guy. Ryan Gosling's finally meeting who's going to lead to be the main bad guy. And he says, he walks up to him and they're going to shake hands. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling's character refuses yeah, to... Yeah, I sh- noticed that. Yeah. yeah re- very, okay. very well, let, once, give us one single moment. We were trying to figure out what the fuck this actor's name is. Yeah, I think that was very, uh, very telling of... Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks. Okay. The character played by Albert Brooks is the villain. And he is trying to uh, trying to uh, shake the hand of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, um, let it be known, guys, I said that it was Michael Shannon earlier. I misjudged. You didn't watch fucking Man of Steel, motherfucker. Come on, oh, man. man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so back on track. Um, Albert Brooks's character wants to shake Ryan Gosling, the good guy's hand. Ryan Gosling won't shake his hand. Kind of gets a weird look from the bad guy. Ryan Gosling says, "Sorry, my hands are dirty." And then the very cleanly, astutely dressed Albert Brooks's character, the fucking evil motherfucker that he is, Rose. simply says, "So are mine." And it is fucking so telling to what comes because it's oh, so yes. fucking awesome. You don't quite know he's the bad guy and yet. And he doesn't shake uh, Brian Cranston's hand. It does not shake Brian Cranston's hand because he fucking Shannon's hand. He doesn't shake. Hates Shannon. Fuck Shannon. He's got a woman's name. Fuck that. Okay, and then speaking of the dialogue. Okay, so kind of, kind of what Garrett so fucking uh, insensitively (laughs) pointed out earlier. Ryan Gosling's character definitely Aspergers. Aspergers or something. Definitely has a couple, a couple pieces missing to the puzzle. Every single fucking time, whether he's talking to the main love interest of the movie or talking to his handler or the bad guy, every time he's asked a fucking question, <laughs> he literally, I fucking marked any yep. answer he gives, and they are all either okay, sure, or yeah, comma, sure. I'm just saying, if any of us did that at all and waited how much time he waits... <laughs> Between every time he answers, we get fucking pepper sprayed. One hundred percent. We <laughs> could not get. A, I'm not. None of us are even nearly as beautiful as that beautiful motherfucker. Oh fuck no! I even got a lazy eye, just like that, <laughs> mo- just like that motherfucker. And it doesn't matter. I'm not even nearly as hot as him. He is impeccable. I'm a stinky fat hey, Bryce. turd in comparison. <laughs> pepper spray. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. There are only hey, two uh, scenes in the movie where he. Where he answers something, or not even answers, where he says something at a normal pace. It's when he gets threatened by someone that he did a job for previously, and he threatens to shut him up by kicking his teeth down his throat. And then at the end, well, towards the end, when he is threatening to beat Shannon for him to get out of town. Yeah, those are probably the two scenes with the most fucking dialogue. See, even when yeah, he's absolutely. beating a motherfucker with a hammer, he doesn't even have much to say. He says like three words. It's just call oh. And it's all he says. Okay, to go into something I would like to hear y'all guys' um, opinions on. Something that I noticed, this being like my 95th viewing of this fucking movie. Same. Is that every time... Kind of until probably like the last fourth of the movie. Every time we're in a scene where we're kind of unsure of what's going on. Like when he's in the grocery store, sees the girl. When he sees her, it shows us his view first and then shows what he's looking at. And then when he walks out to the car 
her car's broken down. But it lets him turn and look. I, I love how the cinematography you see cinematography is so much more focused on what he sees than even letting the fucking viewer see. It's, yeah. it's so so much more focused on him. I'm not sure what that fucking means, but I know that I fucking loved it. Just a different way of filming it and conveying the scenes, and I think it was very well done. Totally. Subtle things that you don't really notice in your first few viewings that I noticed is that um, when it first shows him, since he's a stunt driver, it shows him at the uh, makeup booth. I don't know if you saw it, but when it's coming into the scene... It first shows Oscar the actor Isaac, right? looking in the mirror, whoever the actor yeah. is, looking in the mirror, and then it like slow then pans him, into yeah. it becoming him wearing that guy's mask. I thought it was, it was Oscar so Isaac that, that they showed, but probably not. Since no, was, fuck no, because he's another character in the movie, you fucking dude. I Colin. know, but it could have been further foreshadowing that that's what he turns into. I don't think it's going to kick you in the nuts with imagery like that. <laughs> this movie's so subtle and so fucking badass. Yeah. And then um, another little thing I noticed, once again, this being so many times in, when they're uh, when he finally is like, comes over to pick pick the love interest up, and um, I mean she has a husband that's in prison. Manual. Man. Uh, the standard. 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 Gabriel is his name, but yeah. there. So he he's just being nice to her at first, and finally asks her on a date. She finally says yes. And while he comes to pick her up to take her on their first date, she gets a call from Standard's lawyer that says he'll be back in a week. And just the way that when the phone's ringing, she knows who it is, and she's staring at herself in the mirror, still fixing herself up to go have some... With some Ryan Gosling, dude. You can't resist that shit, bro. Oh, hell no. Fuck no, dude. He's just a big old stinking bag of stinky sweat sex, dude. <laughs> can't even fucking do anything about that coming at you. Oh, or going back in on how fucking weird he is. Throughout the whole movie, when people are talking to him or anybody makes eye contact with him, he never fucking facially responds. Yeah, he's never, never emotes. <laughs> Just fucking never even blinks, just unfalteredly stares he has like and hits you with a okay or a yeah, sure. He has three facial expressions the whole movie. There's happy, there's unexpressive, and there's anger. And that's Angry. it. Oh. Okay. Now let's talk about the big one. The big scene. Standard Gabriel finally gets out of prison. Ugh. Needs one last job to get clean of the fucking bookies. And enlists the help of none other than sex god himself, Ryan Gosling, the best car driver on earth. And it all goes wrong. Standard gets gunned down in the fucking street in front of a pawn shop. And they drive away. And what proceeds is literally the only cinema interesting car chase scene ever, dude. I've this seen, films so well. I've seen those Born Ultimatum movies, dude. I've seen James Bond movies. Fucking Paul Newton in The Great Chase. And in Bullet and shit, dude. Like, iconic car chase scenes. None of them compare my to that part high fucking octane. Was that there was not going. one single classic overdone overhead shot 
or it's the two cars weaving in and out of traffic down the highway. Fuck no. The Not only a single shot. No, like the that. only shots you get are shots that someone involved in the chase would see with their fucking eyes. So well done. Oh my god, it's so sick. And the way he gets out of it with that fucking Fast and Furious fucking So crazy. The rock spinner Rooney dude. <laughs> oh my god, that shit's so dope. Horny dude. Very horny horny dude. Horny. And then holy Christ. So Fun fact, everyone. When I first watched this movie, <laughs> I saw this movie when... When did this come out? 2012? Let's uh, look it up. 2011. 2011. Holy shit. So I'm 22 years old. So when I was fucking 14 <laughs> years old, I saw this movie in the theater. I can't even go see an R-rated movie myself when I saw this with my mother, who was a big Ryan Gosling fan. Can Took me to see her? this movie. Your mom was soaking for Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. I think I mean, most people are soaking for Ryan Gosling. Rightly fucking so. Everybody on this earth is soaked for that motherfucker. But so she goes just because we had seen Crazy Stupid Love. Shout out to another Ryan Gosling movie that is fire from the same year. But So I'm 14 years old watching this movie in the theater. And the scene comes when things get a little spicy. Ryan Gosling... Feels like he's been framed by this chick. Feels like Standard got killed because of this one chick. Punches a woman in <laughs> her mouth, dude. Just gives her a good one. In she, <laughs> she, uh, oh, True Asperger's boy, man. She, uh, he doesn't have a bit of emotion in this scene. No, not one fucking not. bit. Has the cool ass when he threatens her and his finger just shoots out. Oh my god. The way he points at her is so fucking scary. Oh. But so. The big not-for-your-parents moment comes. He lets her up. She tells the truth. She goes to the bathroom to fix her hair. He hears her cell phone ring, looks. It says cook. It's the fucking motherfucker that set them up calling. Dude walks up to the window. The window by him and the window by her in the bathroom. Dude puts a shotgun to the fucking window. And oh my god. (laughs) You get a shotgun blast unlike any other movie where you see a woman get shot in the side of her poor head and it does not even look away for a fucking second and you see her brain matter splatter it's all over these walls. Very a, a movie that has nothing other than a couple curse words before this point proceeds to show you visceral crazy violence and then See, this is this is the part that I always am trying to understand when I watch the movie. I just really want to know why Ryan Gosling is so like the character that he is. Because as soon as he hears that gunshot, he doesn't even fucking falter. He throws something in the way of the door so that guy is inhibited in getting in. So he has time to kill the other guy and kills the other dude. No hesitation. So Fucking brutal. Fucking curtain rod. Curtain rod jammed in his fucking chest. So fucking nasty. So brutal. Disarms it before the dude can even pick up his gun and point it. Just blows him away. Shotgun blast. I just really wish there was at least a hint, like a casual, simple hint as to who he is really and why he's able to just kill without even a shred of mercy and a shred of hesitation. Asperger's does it to you, bro. Because <laughs> we aren't talking about Asperger's or some other fucking mental defect where he kind of can't really, he doesn't really have emotion. 
But sure, that takes away the emotionality of murder. But he murders like a fucking trained killer. Yes, just he does. blowing him away. Just fucking straight up insane murder. I kind of speculate that based on his accent, he might have ties with Nino, the the big baddie played by Ron Perlman. Or like the people he has the, ties the with. Yeah, exactly. Some... I think that maybe since it's explained later in the movie that he just kind of shows up at one Shannon's. day at Shannon's garage asking for a job. So I think that maybe, you know, maybe even he could have been a plant by the other East Coast mob uh, mobsters that were going to try to try to take over the scene. That very well could that could be that they could have just lent in their fucking Richard Kuklinski yeah. scariest fucking killer just in. That that is true. That is a good little theory. Can't call him the Iceman though. Just call him the Hot Man. Hot Man. Ooh, so fucking hot. Ooh, that's a good one. The Hot Man. <laughs> just Can we talk about how every single actor and actress in this film is gorgeous? Oh, 100%, dude. It's so Even not fair. Oscar Isaac, who is Ugh. beautiful as Poe Dameron in fucking Ugh. episodes 7 and 8. Yeah. Just beautiful looking man. But he's bald, dude. Got that clean beard. Good 50 pounds skinnier, dude. Ugh. Looking like a whole ass fucking foreigner snack. For real. Even, hell, even the kid... <laughs> Give me that T-Rex pet and a toy I want it up my ass <laughs> Oh my god that's the most fucking Ugh. socially awkward scene when Ryan Gosling first meets the little kid and he has oh. the pumpkin mask yep. on and he just goes oh, scary <laughs> I love that. Second first thing he ever says to this kid scary second thing he ever says to this kid Want a toothpick? <laughs> Asperger's. Fuck, man. Goddamn. Damn, and then that just goes straight into the fucking scene when he finally figures out Cook's name and oh. goes into the strip club and just breaks his Ugh. fucking hands in front of everybody. He swallow that fucking he wa- he Yeah, the, dude, the dude's goons gave the kid a bullet earlier in the film, so he brings it to him and shoves it down his fucking throat. He's holding it to his forehead. Like he's no, gonna he, hammer he's gonna it. hammer it. He had a nail to his forehead. A literal na- nail. Then he pulled out the bullet and put it in his mouth. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Nail. That's even worse. Fuck, fuck that's intense. On his fucking forehead. <laughs> fuck. That's how I want to I don't want you to hammer a bullet or a fucking nail into my forehead. Dude, just my forehead versus nails. No. No. None of it. Versus anything. I would win. Take your hammer. Go home. Just shoot me. Well, you don't want to take a nail to the head? No, I also don't want my school. hands broken with a hammer in front of all of my nice, lovely, exotic dancers that I own. They all had fake tits. I <laughs> <laughs> get that money, man. So you're telling me that you don't want to take a nail to the head and become the next oddest tool? Oh, no, I'm not trying to get my brain set to 40% with a fucking nail. <laughs> Coward. Oh my god, and I just love how you have, in the first section, before all the violence starts, you have like no words from him, and then right before that you have him threaten that guy in the bar, tell him he's going to kick his teeth down his throat, and then every fucking time he talks after that, it's it's either so sincere he's talking to the girl, or talking to the kid, or he's just fucking saying some fucking shit to somebody. Yes. Oh, that's that. 
that quote when he finally gets on Nino, gets to talk to the guy he owes the money to that they stole the money from, and he's Hall. What do you get out of this? And he just says exactly that, out of it. I fucking love that, dude. So, so well sick. written. Fucking immaculate, man. So sick. Oh, then, oh man. What I know to be Clay's favorite fucking scene, he takes his one chance after all the carnage to go say hi to the girl, and they get into an elevator with the oh. wrong other guy in the elevator. There's a hitman in the elevator, and then in the fucking best thought-out scene... Ryan Gosling passionately kisses the girl with the as best a lighting in the fucking movie. With the best lighting, so good. perfect three-minute scene. That right there, the kiss all the way up until what happens after, just beautiful, dude. And then just that he's like using the kiss as a distraction to get the dude to make a move so he can react. That's so, so sick. Good. As soon as the dude moves. The music is done, the music is gone, and you just hear... Well, you just hear Ryan Gosling just push a dude down onto the floor and just stomp on his head until the sound changes from you kicking a basketball to stepping on a mushy watermelon. And it is fucking gruesome. And then the best shot, dude, best shot of the whole movie, when he turns back and looks, and the girl's standing outside of the elevator, they stopped on the garage floor. And she just turns back, and they're just staring at each other through the doors. And the doors close, man. Fuck. And then he never sees her again for the rest of the fucking movie, man. It's uh, such the dividing line. That shit was fucking gnarly, dude. That shit hurted. Fuck. And then, uh... Fuck. They, uh... He finally goes next day. He really wants to get the money back. Give the money back to the dude but wants to check on his partner first, and his partner's been killed by, insert bad guy number fucking... Bernie. 20, yeah, Bernie. Yeah, Bernie Rose. Slices Brian Cranston's character's wrists. Real oh, sad. Wow. Poor Shannon. It was and, sad. It was so gross. And then, you see his tendons and everything. Oh, even oh. after his he sees his friend dead from getting sliced up, he still wants to go return, just return the, the money. The saddest thing about that whole scene is that Bernie wanted the movie, and... The money and the money was three feet away from. Him. Oh yeah, god! In the yes. trunk of the stock car they, that he bought. Bernie Bernie comes to Shannon wants to just get the money and get fucking out of it, and Shannon won't tell him where the money is. And then when Ryan Gosling gets there, bad guy's long gone. Shannon's literally leaning on the trunk of the car that has the million dollars everybody's fucking looking for in it. So fucking tragic, man. Ugh, but so even crazy. after that. Even after they, he sees what they've done to his friend, he still wants to just go get out of it and just give the fucking money back. But then when he goes to the meetup place, he sees that they're having a party. And wearing the most unsettling mask. Oh, wearing his stunt double mask from earlier. So fucking scary. But he goes and looks in the window, sees they're having a party. Even after committing such a vicious murder, they're able. They're fucking willing to party so that sure as hell doesn't fucking sit well with him so then he waits outside until the main boss Nino leaves and then kills him who is Ron Perlman by the yeah, way yeah Ron Perlman fucking Perlman Ron Perlman using the fucking amazing Italian accent <laughs> that he uses 
<coughs> but fucking kills him in the most inventive way. Holy shit. Swerves him off the road and just crushes his car when he gets out, drowns him in the river, and including that amazing shot of him coming down the hill, oh, still wearing that terrifying. fucking mask and his badass jacket. The only light is the light from that lighthouse. And the, yeah. moon. And the moon. And the moon. Oh, my God. When he's standing at the top oh. of the hill and Ron Perlman's crawling out of the car, that scene is fucking badass, dude. That shit is so dope. Oh, speaking of Ron Perlman, I have a quote written down from Ron Perlman towards the start when they're purchasing the uh, race car. It's a little dinged up, but yeah. the guy's like, oh, it doesn't matter what's on the outside, it's on the inside. And Ron Perlman replies with, if I'm going to pay for a car, I want it to look the way it should. And then he points at the nice restored Camaro right next to it and says, and I quote, man, that's one motherfucking fine-ass pussy-getting-mobile, motherfucker. <laughs> As if he's not Ron fucking Perlman talking like he's from fucking New Jersey. Uh, I love the term pussy mobile. <laughs> pussy mobile. It's like Batman, but a whole lot cooler, and fucks your mom on the weekdays. <laughs> <laughs> My stepdad, Richard. Yeah, he's like, I had never fucking taken off this tracksuit. As long as I live, I got a zipper on the fucking penis, got a zipper on the butthole, could just shit while I got the tracksuit on. It ain't never coming off because I am living knee deep in my stereotypes, motherfucker. <laughs> then, oh. Finally, Ryan Gosling meets up with the main bad guy. Everybody else is eliminated. Brian Cranston's dead. Ron Perlman's dead. And we get the fucking tragedy that is them finally meeting up. And what fucking Albert Brooks's character has to say. He just, what does he say? He's all. The girl's safe. Yeah, the girl. Right, he's going like, to be looking over your shoulder the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, he's the, the girl. The girl's safe. She's out. D- she's out of this. She's no part of this. She's Nobody knows map. her name. But, but you, you have to leave. I can't guarantee the same thing for you. You're yeah, just like Clay said. For the rest Clay was right. Yeah. You're looking over the shoulder for the rest of your life. And then they finally go out to the car to get the fucking money. And Albert Brooks, the snarky Bernie fucking, fucking Rose. piece of shit, Bernie Rose motherfucker, stabs him anyway. But Ryan Gosling, as you've assumed, Asperger's serial killer motherfucker <laughs> just knifes him up real good in response. And then, oh, he finally gets away. You think he's dead. He's not fucking dead. He gets There's away. There's a 30-second scene where it's just straight. The camera's just straight on him, unblinking. Yeah, looking at him like breathing. he died with his fucking eyes open. And then he blinks. Oh, man. Oh, then you get the heartbreaking. You hear it fade uh. in. The song that plays at the fucking start when he's final when he meets the girl and gets to hang out with her, a real hero. That shit starts playing and that shit is fucking heartbreaking. And then the last shot is him finally leaving town, so the girl is finally safe. The only man who knew her name is fucking dead. Everybody's dead. They might come looking for the driver, but there's nothing tracing him back. And he does leave with a million dollars. Yeah. No, she, he left the money next to Bernie's body, yeah. Oh, so they might both be safe. I I either didn't notice that or I'm, maybe 
bit. I think you're a little drunk. A little maybe. bit drunk, probably. Maybe, maybe a little, maybe a little drunk. But who knows if he left mm-hmm. money with her or not? Who knows? Yeah, nobody knows how much money's in there. Yeah. Very well, she could open the door to his apartment. And think, oh, when my hero's oh. still playing and she's knocking on his door, man. Jeez. That shit is hard. Fuck. And then, worst part, movie's over. It's fucking awesome. You think maybe there'll be a second one. Maybe you'll learn anything. This movie couldn't benefit from a sequel. Oh, Don't get no. me wrong. No way. But you at least think that the director, what's his name? Let's pull this motherfucker. Yeah, let, let, let's let's have a little conversation real quick about this fucking director. Uh, Nicholas. Uh, Give it a click. Nicholas. Nith- Nicholas Winding Rimf. What a name. He's only done uh, The Neon Demon, Valhalla Rising Drive, and Only God Forgives. Okay, so the spiritual successor to this movie, one year later, he makes a very similarly lit Only God Forgives with Ryan Gosling also as the lead. And instead of taking it to the art house level of Drive, where it's like a really awesome story told with the artsiness of yeah. like a film student's fucking thesis movie, he gives like a fucking, oh, like a <laughs> weird, hard to understand fucking portrait of revenge or some shit. Just r- weird dissonant carnage right at the start like a disgusting crime scene and like less dialogue than the movie Drive which probably only has dialogue in 50% probably for the first few minutes first 25 minutes of fucking Only a God Forgives you don't have any fucking dialogue you're just like looking at a crime scene and a dude getting away and shit this isn't 2001 no this isn't 2001 which don't get me wrong guys (laughs) I will fucking kill you. You watch your words. You walk over here right now, dude. I'm about seven drinks in. I am a fucking superhero. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch this next week. Only God forgives. We'll get, we'll get drunk and watch this again. Fuck. I'm going to need to be a lot drunker to try to watch that fucking dookie movie. <laughs> yeah. One of these weeks, we will most certainly hit it with a Only God Forgives just out of respect for the art that is Drive. Yeah, Drive was... Uh, y'all had hyped it up for me since it came out, and I just never got around to seeing it. But because it's goddamn. absolutely magnificent. I mean, I literally had, when I moved into my house seven months ago, I had four copies yeah. of Drive. I've given them to people who needed to see the fucking movie. I'm just give them away. Luckily, I still have the... Steelbox. Steelbox Blu-ray edition. My pride and joy. Shout out to Best Buy. Rock and fucking roll, giving out the coolest shit. And, um, but also shout out to the quality that we watched it on on whatever fucking PS3 we fucking watched it on on this 4K TV or some shit. This shit was immaculate. Like we were watching the movie theater, dude. It looked great. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Bump the mic all sick. One thing that you can take away, a good lesson to learn from this movie, is that if you ever see two men walking together, both wearing full Adidas jumpsuits... They will sell you a Pizone or kill you. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're either vending a Pizone at Nino's restaurant, and they work for Ron Perlman, and they're corrupt, 
<laughs> or they're gonna beat you with a pipe in front of your son and give your son a bullet and tell him they're gonna shoot him in his fucking little idiot head. Oh, poor idiot handsome son. Yeah, very handsome little fucking Oscar Isaac Jr. Yeah, Imagine I, your dad being well, as hot as Oscar Isaac, dude. Imagine how Oscar Isaac must have fucking impregnated that beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah, the... the, the Probably with his penis, but... <laughs> <laughs> the passionate lovemaking it took to make such a beautiful little penis. Which was illegal at the time, he admitted. He, However, he oh, did yeah, say yeah. a year later... He was popped out, which could mean. I mean, he was a legal one. That that, that would mean her. that the sex mm. happened when they were still legal, when she was still seventeen, and he was, I don't know, old. I don't know. <laughs> he was. Doesn't ever even imply how old he was. Uh, that's a little. I mean, you said illegal, so probably four years. At least four, probably. Yeah. Okay, Ugh. so. That's the wrap for drive. I'm gonna ask Garrett. Garrett, what is your honest? From one to ten, rating of the movie Drive. Ah, uh, from a first time viewing, I think I'm gonna give it an eight. It was very entertaining, really grasped, really grasped me. Uh, the pacing was pretty good. Uh, the only thing that I didn't really like was how fast it went by. The ending seemed like it was it only out of forty minutes. Yeah, yeah it seemed yeah. like the ending just came immediately after the action picked up, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But, yeah, I was very grasped by it. I, I loved the, the characters. I loved the dialogue, or the lack thereof. The soundtrack was amazing. The lighting was so well done. It matched with every scene perfectly, and I was very thoroughly entertained by it. Fuck yeah. I, personally, I think I would have to give this movie a 10 out of 10. I think there's... Not a fucking thing wrong with this movie. I do understand your point that probably if they had wanted to, they could have cut it off about just after the violence starts, right after that girl dies. They could have cut it off right around there and then made it separated into two movies, mm -hmm. probably. I mean, if, if it was... The first part would have been really boring, though. Yeah, the first, a lot the first movie most then. certainly would have sucked. So I kind of think they did... What they had to do. Maybe there's about a missing twenty minutes. Yeah. Probably it maybe could've, it could have stand to could have stand to go another twenty minutes. Yeah, maybe we could go at some point watch the deleted scenes. Maybe there's some shit that's in there. Yeah. That very well could be. I've seen that happen. That happens in super in the movie Super Bad with Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah. There's a very important missing scene. Same in Star Wars. A lot wow. of good scenes were cut in every Star Wars film. I'm not going to give this ones. movie a 1 out of 10 rating. I'm going to give it a 2 thumbs up. 2 solid Ooh. thumbs up. I'll take that. You can't get better than 2 thumbs up unless you got 3 thumbs. And then which, you should go to the hospital. Because you're a freak. <laughs> or your penis is weird. <laughs> get it out of my fucking face. Yeah, it shouldn't <laughs> lilt up. Well. Mine looks like sideways? Is that? <laughs> Mine kind of looks like, you know how some people say their penis kind of looks like a J? Mm -hmm. Well, mine's like if you mash two J's hard together really hard. It's like a it's like a M. It's like a M without the L's. You ever seen the cheesy roll up from uh, Taco Bell? Yeah. Mine's like that. It's really gross. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> well, this was three on one pod episode one. Good old drive directed by. Mm. 
Nicholas Winding Renf. <laughs> Solid. Probably a blanket. Eight out of ten from us. Yeah. Yeah. Rock and fucking roll. Three, one, See y'all guys next week.